In the Bible, in the New Testament book of James, it says the prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. And that includes the prayers of many faithful parents who are asking God for help on behalf of their children. Well, that's our topic today on Focus on the Family, and your host is Focus President and author Jim Daly, and I'm John Fuller. Uh, John, a lot of moms and dads feel ill-equipped or inadequate um, in praying for their children. It just feels odd to some of us when you're praying. Um, I really give Jean a lot of credit. She has taught me how to pray for our kids, mm. and she is a prayer warrior. Um, that's what Jody Burnt is as well. She's a prayer warrior, and she's heard from hundreds, if not thousands, of parents uh, through the years about their fears about praying or their sense of inadequacy, whatever it might be. Every parent seems to have concerns for their children, of course. Uh, God is right there in all of it, though, and we got to realize that. And he's ready to hear your prayers and your concerns about your children. And today, uh, we want to encourage you to grow in that discipline of praying for your kids. And it's going to be really insightful. And encouraging as well. I mean, I think we all feel alone in this journey of prayer from time to time. And Jody Burnt, as you said, Jim, is uh, a person who prays a lot. She's an author, a speaker, a Bible teacher, and she's written a number of books on prayer. Uh, and she's recently updated a very popular uh, title of hers, Praying the Scriptures for Your Children. Discover how to pray God's purpose for their lives. Jody, welcome to Focus on the Family. Welcome back, really. Thank you. Thank you, Jim. Thank you, John. Just a big treat to be back. It's good to have you. Uh, you are passionate about prayer. You've written several books about it over the past couple of decades. Um, you, I think I defined you well as a prayer warrior. Let me go right to it. How does your husband, Robbie, feel about this? <laughs> I mean, really, you probably have taught him like Jean. I uh, think that is a very kind label that I'm not sure I deserve. If you mean, do I pray? Uh, do I have to pray a lot? Yes, I'm very aware of my own failings and inadequacies. And I think any parent will tell you we want God's best for our kids. And so I might say almost any parent has the makings of a prayer warrior just because we want to bring our kids before the Lord. But you asked me about Robbie. What did you ask me? Oh, no. <laughs> Sometimes men in, in marriage, we could be intimidated by prayer warrior wives. Like, maybe I'm not doing enough, you know, as the man yeah, of the home. you know, that's a, that's, a, a, oh, that's a deep question to kind of start off yeah. with, because it really is. I think a lot of times men say, okay, well, this is mom's job. You know, she's the more sensitive one, the more in touch emotionally, the spiritual stuff is on her. And while God may have wired us that way, um, I would just encourage any man who's listening to take up that mantle. Jump um, in. And jump on in yeah. and don't be intimidated. But I'll tell you, one of the reasons that we updated this book was because I heard from parents, both moms and dads, who would tell me that, you know, I didn't grow up in a home where people prayed, you know, at least not outside a church. It seemed like something you leave to the clergy, the varsity Christians. Uh, it feels <laughs> a little awkward, a little unfamiliar. But folks would say... I don't want it to be that way for my kids. You know, I want to take the mystery out of prayer. I want them to feel free and available to approach God. What do I do? You know, how do I teach them? So whether it's a husband saying, hey, honey, I want to catch up to you, or whether it's a mom looking at her child and thinking, I don't want it to feel as awkward or unfamiliar as it did for me growing up. Um, we updated the book and included a lot of material, a lot of bonus material in the back that really takes um, all the concepts and, and brings them down to a kid's level. Like you can pray verses, Hebrews 3.13, encourage one another daily. Such an easy one. 
that a little child can learn and and just pray lord help me encourage people daily yeah and that is good Uh, let me ask you though you weren't always in this place where prayer was a good strong discipline for you right speak back to the struggles that you had and and why this became kind of a light bulb opportunity to say i need to learn how to pray better because there's many many people listening that don't have a robust prayer life yeah Um, what are those struggles that people have that you had well, I think we all are, are painfully aware, right, of our shortcomings. Yeah, um, we don't like to tell other people yeah, about it. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. Um, we all have this sort of uh, innate understanding that we need help from outside ourselves. And I did grow up in a home where people prayed. But I will tell you that when our children were young and I was praying for them, my prayers were kind of dull. Uh, I, I hate to say that. I mean, I'm sure God wasn't saying that I was boring him, but maybe I was because it was a lot of... Oh, bless them, help them on their spelling tests, help them feel better when they're sick. All legit prayers, good prayers, yeah. you know. But I just felt like I wanted something that felt fresher and more empowered. And when I began looking at the Bible as sort of a launching pad for my prayers, when I would see verses in there and think, that's what I want for my kids. Let me wrap my prayers in that language, you know. And and I tell the story a lot of times that our our children used to get in the car and they would just put their feet in each other's face and they'd call, I want to sit in the front seat. I want to sit in the back. Yeah, this is the best seat. And it got to where, in fact, our in-laws came to babysit one time. Ravi and I were, I was going to go with him on a business trip and my in-laws came and the kids were getting in the car and they broke out in this normal daily morning fight of who got to sit where and whose feet were in whose face. And Pop-Pop says, you know, if Grandma and I were staying uh, longer than a week, we would solve this. You wouldn't, you wouldn't be talking like this every morning when we say get in the car. And our daughter, I forget how old she was at the time, elementary school, she said, well, Pop-Pop, it's a good thing you aren't staying any longer. And, you know, I mean, that's not what you want for your in-law to now hear. Now I think I know the answer know. to why you started praying. Thank you. Thank you. Every parent out there, you know, it's a struggle. But I remember around that time, going through my Bible, and I saw Ephesians 4, verse 29, and it says, let no unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, Mm. but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it would benefit those who listen. And I'll tell you, I read that verse, and I thought, number one, God's been spying on my family, you know, (laughs) and number two, that's exactly what I want. So instead of praying, God, help my kids talk nice, I could pray, Lord, you know, let no unwholesome talk come out of that. Let no unwholesome talk come out of my mouth. I mean, I wasn't much better as a mom and a driver. Don't make me pull over, you know, that whole line. Um, But let it be uh, beneficial, that it would build others up. What a great prayer. That is, it's so true. Now, in those early days, you also had what looks like a really good experience with a group called Moms in Prayer that taught you some things. Uh, What did they do? Are they still around? One, and, yeah, there's moms and, and, and what did you glean from it? So one of my favorite stories in the book um, is about our prayer group, our moms in prayer group, and we had prayed just kind of as a routine prayer that week out of Ephesians five, um, verses fifteen and sixteen, that our kids would be wise in the way they act toward outsiders, that they would make the most mm. of every opportunity. We didn't know what that looked like. We didn't know how God would answer, but that very week, one of the children in the group. Their teacher gave them an assignment to write a persuasive essay. And, you know, most of the kids in the class are writing a persuasive little second-grade essay about why my mom should get me a new bike or something. But this one child wrote a letter to a classmate saying, here's why you should believe in Jesus. Here's why you need to give your life second to Christ. Second grader. He's second grader. Wow. And this was a kid that nobody was friends with. He was a real troublemaker. He, he got left out on the playground, all that. 
and to have this child write this. And then he asked the teacher, uh, the child couldn't read the letter very well. He was um, struggling in school. And the teacher said, yeah, you know, you can read it to your friend. And so out on the playground that day, he reads this persuasive letter with 10 reasons. And again, wow. you can read, you know, number one, I will be waiting for you in heaven. Number two, oh, you wow. can have anything you want in heaven. Number three, God loves you. You know, these different reasons this little second grader laid out. And he led this child into the kingdom of heaven. And that was, I believe, God's answer to our prayer yeah. that our children could make the most of every opportunity. Well, I wonder where that young man is today well i don't i don't know where the new believer is but i do know the young man has grown up and he's gone off and served in the naval academy and he's just still loving the lord and uh that's fantastic yeah Yeah. um jody let me ask you though that that intimidation factor Mm, um speak to that hurdle not everybody has that as the obstacle but you know just the intimidation you know does god really hear me yeah should yeah. i really do it um, am i saying it correctly right we all I think mean, we need to sound good yeah. we feel like we have to convince god and like i said earlier maybe we didn't grow up in a home where it was done or modeled for us but you know at the end of the day god commands us to pray right and he does it because he wants relationship with us right He wants us, in the same way, like I look at things like being in a marriage, for example. Imagine you're married to somebody and you say, I love you, but you never talk about your day. You never tell your spouse what you need. You never thank them for what they might provide or a parent-child relationship. You know, say a child just, a parent can just give you your food, buy your school books, get your clothes. But if the child has never asked for anything or ever thanked you for anything, there's not that connection in that relationship. So I think God wants us to pray because he's saying, not only is that the way I invented to dispense blessing in your life, but it's also the way I invented for our lives to connect Sure. so that you can acknowledge me as the source of all these blessings um, and that we can have that, that relationship. Yeah. You're dependent on me, and that's great because I want to provide for you. You know, I would imagine, because it's true in Gene and I's life, um, we pray for our kids' salvation, obviously. Sure. We did that when they were younger, that they would come to embrace the faith. That's probably the most common mm-hmm. prayer for parents. Yeah. What are some of the other things that parents, that you've learned, coaching yeah. parents? That's a good question. And in fact, before I wrote the book, um, I knew what I was praying. Again, that my kids would be nice to each other. Um, <laughs> but I wondered what other parents were praying. And I did these surveys. And this was before Facebook, before before Survey Monkey, before really even email. So I did them the old fashioned way where I wrote them on pieces of paper and they had one question and it was, if you could ask God to do anything for your family, what would it be? Mm. And so I would carry them around in my purse and give them to you if I saw you in the carpool line or at the grocery store. We tucked them into our Christmas cards that year. And I got more than a hundred of these things back. And you can imagine to your question what parents wanted. You know, parents wanted that faith. They wanted kids who loved God and his word. But they also wanted character traits, wisdom, compassion, kindness. They wanted kids to be kept safe. That's a big one for parents. I want my child to be protected and be safe. And even there were people, um, relationships, friendships, sibling relationships, relationships with teachers, coaches. And there were a lot of parents who were taking kind of a long view and saying, you know, I actually am praying for my three-year-old's marriage partner yeah, or for their sure. management of money or time. You know, So all these things, I kind of took the top 20 needs or requests that I saw come in and shaped them into um, the table of contents. And then I started digging around in the Bible and be like, okay, does God say anything about this? Does he say anything? And you know, you know it as well as I do, and I know your listeners know it, that there's not a need we're going to face, a concern we'll have that... 
God hasn't already provided for and addressed in Scripture. Yeah, it's so true. And I think, you know, when you you mentioned wisdom, that one resonated mm-hmm. with me because mm-hmm. I think that's probably outside of, you know, knowing the Lord, walking right. with the Lord. That's probably right. the next uh, most often prayer that I've offered sure. for my boys that they would have wisdom. Copying I from think, Solomon, right? Yeah, I everything mean, fa- falls from that, <laughs> everything right? Everything follows from that. Yeah, it equips us to receive all God's other good gifts. It's a good one. You have a cute story about your daughter, Virginia, waving leaves while telling a Bible story. What happened? Yeah, well, uh, you know, they weren't, it was around the Easter time and we, we knew the Hosanna story. Um, and they weren't palm branch leaves. I think they were akuba leaves or something in our garden. But she picked them up, and they were out there, She, Virginia and our younger son, Robbie. And we were all just messing around in the yard. And I overheard her telling the biblical narrative of Jesus riding on the donkey and coming in. And she went through the whole thing. And I thought to myself, that's, that's what we want. We want our kids to know God's word, to know God's stories, to know God's history, And so I pray that my kids will know and love Scripture, because back to your point about wisdom, choices are going to be all abounding. And to know which way to go, Philippians 1, we pray that you may have uh, wisdom and depth of insight so you can discern what is best. Our kids are going to be coming up against these choices, Mm -hmm. whether they're 4 years old, 14 years old, or 40 years old, and they're going to need to know what to do. And Scripture is what will equip them to do that. Jody, um, this next question really comes out of uh, the heart from being a believer. I came to know the Lord at 15 years old, and my football buddy on the high school football team's parents gave me my first soft cover Bible. Wow, that's wonderful. And they wrote in there John 10.10. 10. And mm, I always joke because so there's a, a lot of <laughs> there are a lot of John in the Bible. And you yep. know, I didn't I wasn't yep. raised in a Christian home. So I'm looking through first John, second John, third John, yeah. finally got to John ten ten. <laughs> but uh the the scripture is straightforward. And and the reason I'm mentioning this is it's to me one of the most applicable scriptures mm-hmm. in the world we live in today. And it says the thief, Satan the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I've come that you might have life and life more abundantly. So when you're looking at that context for our children, um, how do we as parents resist the devil as a good model? Mm. And then how do we pray something positive for our children that they too may have that kind of wisdom? Yeah, I love that verse, John ten ten. Um, you know, different translations, some say, I've come to give you a rich and satisfying life. Yeah, I like Some that. say an abundant life. Um, it's a good one for our family. Our daughter Virginia uh, lives big, and she loves that <laughs> verse. Um, one time she was traveling abroad, and my husband had given her, you know, read her the riot act about being safe and and what to do and what not to do. And she was with a bunch of friends, and we got a picture she sent us of herself strapped to a guy whose name was Ollie. We didn't know any more than that, jumping out of an airplane, <laughs> and on her palm. Um, she'd written John 10.10, 10, yeah, and right. she, wrote, she wrote, sorry, Dad. Yeah. She's just like, I'm living big. But I, I love that one, and I love. I feel like for our kids, they need to know that Jesus is fun, that when they put their trust in him, that they are going to have a rich and satisfying life. Not saying a life without problems. He obviously never promises us that. In fact, those of us who followed him a long time sometimes know you hit more hard knocks in following him than it feels like. Um but I'm all about making um, scripture, making a faith uh, doable and fun for our yeah. kids. Uh, at the back of the book, I share um, a lot of strategies for that. One of my favorites is we call it, and, I, and you growing up in a home where you didn't know the Lord would love this, we call it the happy hope game. 
and it's just after dinner, and it's really a spin on sharing a praise report or a prayer request. But, you know, for kids, they hear, what's your praise report or what's your prayer request? You know, that can be a little intimidating and a little like, oh, great, there goes mom on her church platform again. Or if you have a friend at the dinner table, like say your football buddy had invited you to his home, you might have been a little intimidated if his mom had said, well, what's your prayer request? Oh, you know? yeah. And um, so we play the happy hope game, and it's just simply, um, hey, tell me one thing that happened this week you're happy about. That's a praise report. You know? And tell me something that you hope is going to happen. Well, that's a prayer request. And whether the kids know it or not, as the parent, I can take those things back to my prayer journal later and remember to pray for them. And I love, um, there's an author, Pete Gregg, he wrote a book called How to Pray, and he made the point that God sometimes listens to our casual conversations and receives them as prayers. Mm. And he takes that out of Malachi 3.16, where scripture says that those who feared the Lord talked among themselves and God listened and heard. And I love the idea that God is listening to our dinner table conversations. And so when we're playing the happy hope game, he knows that as a mom, I'm listening to you say, I'm really happy that we won the football game. And he knows that I'm saying, thank you, Lord, for giving him that time of fellowship and that win. And, you know, I I I also want to ask Jody, though, the uh, uh, that parent who's listening right now, who is struggling with their teenager that's mm-hmm. moving in a really bad direction. Yeah. I mean, it may be, you know, drugs are in the right. home or something right. like that. And that, to me, is evidence of John 10.10 10 as well, the steal, kill, yes. and destroy part. Right. This is the destructive path a child can choose. And it, it's going to occur sometime in that, that those teen years. Sure. How do they pray yeah. with any confidence? Yeah. Because right now in the moment, it looks hopeless. It does look hopeless. And I I was that parent. Um, we had four kids. And I think probably anybody who has more than one kid, even if you have one kid, you know, they make... These things are they, always possible. It's, it happens. You know, it doesn't... Just because you have a Christian home doesn't mean that you're going to have these guaranteed straight, narrow kids. And I would say to that parent, first of all, you're not alone. God knows exactly how you feel. He's watched us make the dumbest decisions, mm. walk the wildest paths. Um, and he loves your child more than you do, you might think they're out of your reach, either uh, physically because they're not home or even just emotionally. They're sitting across the table, but they don't want to listen to you, you know, but they're never out of God's reach. And so I would just encourage that parent to just keep lifting their child before the Lord, bringing his name, her name, their needs, um, and trusting that your Heavenly Father who loves them more than you do and has more power than you do, you know, our prayers they lay down the tracks for God's power to come through. We don't do the fixing, the providing. We wish we could. But I love my favorite parenting prayer when I had teenagers was out of Philippians 2.13. That's where Paul says, it is God who works in you to will and to act according to his good purpose. And as a mom, I so felt like it was on me. Like I need to work in my kids so that they would will and act, that they would desire and do good things. But, you know, we can't, right? You know, none of us can. But God can. And so I would just say, God, work in Virginia's heart to will and to act, to line up with your good purposes. Let me ask you, in that context, as a mom, and I think moms, this is close to their heart, and Mm -hmm. I'm sure some dads too, but I'm just saying the moms I've talked to, my own observation of Jean, the same thing. And, you know, so often that fear and control can take a hold of you. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's very hard to say, Lord, okay, I'm going to give my child over to you right now. And that then 
is followed up by certain behavior changes, right? You, you reduce your controlling nature. Right. You trust God in certain ways. You become more faithful yeah. uh, toward your parenting of that child. And that is a process, isn't it? Speak to that mom who is struggling in that battle between fear and control and trusting God for the outcome. Yeah, that that's such a good question and one that I wish I could say I had learned once and for all. Wouldn't it be great if we could mm. say, God, I trust you. And then, you know, we've screwed that courage to the sticking place and it's never left. But well, for me, it's probably each all, new... all different degrees, different too, degrees, right? Different degrees. New degrees, new problems crop up. God's faithful one in one situation and then another child or another event happens and you got to take it right back to the drawing board. But I'll tell you, God really um, did a gentle but hard work in me as I said to him, Lord, when th- our things were not going like I thought they would in my kids' lives for a season. Um, they were making some bad choices, and there were just some bad things happening that yeah. maybe weren't a result of a choice. But, And I remember saying, Lord, I trusted you. You know, you're a good God. I know you love my kids. What's going on? And he looked at me, and he just said, you know, Jody, you, you didn't trust me. You trusted in an outcome. Mm. You trusted in your agenda, how you think thought things should work, and in your timing. And he said, yeah, this is painful, but trust me, because I see the big picture, and I'm shepherding and leading, and as Romans 8, 28 reminds us, working in all things for the good of those who love me. And yeah. so, and Jody, in that regard, right at the end here, yeah. and I think uh, a good takeaway for the parents listening right now would be um, suffering plays a role in God's mm. economy. It, it accomplishes something deep in people. Yeah. And it's not that we run from it. We shouldn't run from right. it. Um, but how to equip our children to abide in it. Yeah. And so, how, yeah, wow, that's a big one. But. It is such a big one. And I think, um, you know, we can trick ourselves into thinking God doesn't want us to suffer. But like I was just reading this morning in Philippians 1, and Paul says to all the believers, he's like, you've been counted worthy to share in his glory and in his suffering. And I'm like, what do you mean I, I should be thankful that I get to count, you know, be happy to be in his suffering? But but he does use it to refine us, to shape mm-hmm. us. Um, and it's no fun. And it's for a parent, I think it's really hard to watch your child suffer. There's yeah. nothing harder. Well, um, but we just can be confident that God will use all of that, the good yeah. and the bad, to work his good purposes. And I think in doing that, when you can get to that place, mm-hmm. then the scripture that says, my burden is light, my yoke yeah. is easy, yeah. that's evidence of that when you can really abide in that difficult circumstance, trusting God, praying for your child, yeah. believing in the future of that child, right. even if they're in the valley in that yeah. moment. And it's not easy. I don't, you know, a listener right. might listen and go, oh, she says, just trust me. And I would encourage someone too, if they're in that valley, in that dark place, to reach out to a friend. I really believe in the power of uh, multiplied prayer. You know, yeah. Jesus says, where two or more come together, I'm in the midst. And there were times in our kids' growing up years when, there, I tell the story in the book, when our son was in kindergarten and he struggled so much with self-control that I just wanted to buy him a pack of cigarettes and put him out on the street corner because I'm like, he's going to wind up there anyway, so why bother trying to parent him or raise him to be godly because I give up. And I had some girlfriends who came alongside me, people in my mom's and prayer group and others, who said, you know, you don't have the faith right now to believe for this. You can't even see the needle moving but we'll pray for you. We'll lift up your son. We'll carry that burden wow. for you and with you. And I'll tell you, they did that for me for over a year. And 
and God moved. He moved. And I will say, if you met my son now, he's 25, you would never know that he'd struggled with self-control, self-discipline, with anger issues, right, with all of that. Changed, yeah. And it wasn't this instant answer. You know, he, he was a high school athlete, a college athlete. And I think sometimes that's the other thing, you know, the, the passion that's in there that can come out as anger can also be a passion that in the hands of God can allow for victory on a sports field. You know, it's, it's, oh, it's a doubt. the two different sides of the coin. So I would just say hang in there, but get yourself some friends who'll carry that with you. Well, some great words of advice from Jody Burnt, and we're going to come back next time and talk about praying for our kids regarding uh, specifically media and technology and other distractions and intrusions in their lives. On behalf of Jim Daly and the entire team, thanks for joining us today for Focus on the Family. I'm John Fuller. Well, this has been so good, and we've been reminded of how easy it is to get distracted from praying in our busy lives. And we'll get into more of that tomorrow. I want to encourage you to contact us here at Focus on the Family if you need help as a parent. Our counselors are available to talk to you on the phone, pray with you, and can refer you to resources and help in your local area. They can also set up a counseling appointment for you, maybe online or in person if you need that. So please do call us on 031 716-3300 or connect via our website at safamily.co.za We also have a fantastic book on offer called Praying Circles Around Your Children. Author Mark Batterson teaches us that our prayers for our children are the greatest legacy we can leave them. They even have the power to shape our family's destiny for generations to come. You can order your copy when you call us or find it on our website at safamily.co.za We'll be back next time with more help in praying for your children, as well as overcoming all the technology and media that's invaded our homes, and how to build a legacy of prayer. For Focus on the Family Africa, I'm Graham Chanel, inviting you back then, when we'll once again help you and your family thrive in Christ.